0: Let's get nice. Welcome back to Batarang, the podcast where we bring you the Batman insights that others are too superstitious and cowardly to deliver. We are reviewing Batman the Animated Series. This week, meet me at the Gemini Club at 222 Main Street and bring your Tommy gun because this is Season 1, Episode 11, Two Face Part 2. And then stick around because we're exploring the history and themes of Two Face here on Batarang. my son went to work for the government
1: whose betrayal, who was the father to kill himself and his wife. Hence, Janus, yes. the two-faced Roman
0: god come to life. It wasn't God who gave me this face. It was you
1: setting the timers of three minutes instead of six. Am I supposed to feel sorry for you? No.
0: You're supposed to die for me. And welcome back. I am Sam. With me is your also host, Brandon.
1: I don't know. This has scarred me now. I'm half scarred because I did the big bad. Brandon, how you doing? Doing good. Good.
0: I'm doing extra good because I'm excited to talk about Two-Face Part 2. Hell yeah. This was a good one. Uh, Why don't we jump right into our 22-second summaries? Excellent. Since we talked so much about Two-Face last time, uh, and then we can kind of get into what we what we liked about this episode yeah cool and Harvey Dent as Two-Face perpetrates a six month crime spree getting revenge on Thorne by hitting his front businesses uh Wrapped with Guilt Batman uh, I can't read my writing so I'm gonna lose uh <laughs> Batman Batman's Wrapped with Guilt he goes to help him uh, meanwhile Ah, uh, eh, fine and I fucked <laughs> Bad Bad Man Maybe
1: we should just do that again Yeah, yeah Go ahead Whenever you're ready Let me see
0: if I can figure out what I wrote Okay you got, you got the timer again? Yep Harvey Dent as Two-Face Perpetrates a six-month crime spree Getting revenge on Thorne By hitting his front businesses Rocked with guilt, Batman tracks down uh, Two-Face to help his friend, but Two-Face evades and Thorne closes in instead. With the unwitting help of Harvey's fiancée, Grace, Batman shows up just in time to save Harvey for himself. I
1: feel like I got it. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the, that's the brush.
0: That's definitely the structure of the episode. Yeah, the only thing I was going to mention is he gets to flip a <laughs> box of coins uh, for the end, but... Uh maybe you'll hit that in yours. Yeah. Alright, yeah.
1: You can start whenever you want. So Two Faces getting all sorts of revenge against Rupert Thorne, who probably should not have named so many of his front businesses with twos and, and pairs and, and shit. Um Thorne and Candace trick uh Grace into giving Harvey up, and it all ends in a showdown where someone gets to throw a box full of silver dollars. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What a great, what a great like Chekhov's box of silver dollars. <laughs> hey, look,
0: there's got to be like five hundred silver dollars in here.
1: <laughs> Grab them. That's <laughs> that's effective for weight distribution. <laughs> uh, man loves coins. He loves coins. <laughs> but but also, what an idiot. <laughs> cool. So yeah, like really really worthy episode, right? Great continuation, like. The, the drama keeps ramping up. Um, I do love, like you said, it opens... It opens with Thorn being like, this has been happening to us for six months. Right. Which, he hit how many places? Three? Four? It's a, which is, like, a pretty good, like, robbery-to-month ratio. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the uh, opening scene is
0: Harvey-slash-Two-Face- with his new goons, who are these tall,
1: red-headed twins with Tommy guns. Yeah, who are these, uh, howdy-doody-looking motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and they're hitting Thorne's, uh, bookie house, like, where they watch the with the horse races and the bet on
1: the ponies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Right, so the same stuff that pretty much you see in The Dark Knight, right? Like, Harvey Dent's going after the mob's banks. Right. Cool.
0: And this scene does a great job of establishing his MO. hmm They come in. They get everyone on the ground. They rob the place. Uh, he flips a coin for whether it's time to go in. Yep. Then he flips a coin again when he has to decide whether to let his uh, underling steal a, a giant
1: uh, wedding ring. right. Which, that can't be a diamond. I'm just saying Two-Face made the right call. Oh, you think it was a cubic zirconium? Uh, it's probably just glass. Yeah. That thing was, car- I mean, I was going to say it's cartoonishly large, so, right. okay, great. Well, diamond. if it's not that big, then we don't get why the guy wants to take it so much. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Um, one of the, like, little details I love about this scene, just incidentally, is uh, when Two-Face walks in, he tells all the hostages, like, um, don't adjust your sets yeah Uh, which I'm like cool that means nothing now (laughs) right like showing a child that's like because back in the day there were extra knobs on your TV so you could try to get the picture just right right no I didn't know how it worked either Um, and then he says for the next five minutes I'm in control and it's like five minutes not not a multiple of two okay it's
0: fine Uh, it's fine could have been two minutes yeah yeah but then at the end, right before they leave, he does something really badass and says, Send a message to Rupert Thorne. And then the message is him just laying waste to the place where the Tony
1: got. Right. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing nearly that cool to say after, right? So yeah, just, just shooting the place up works so well. Yep. Um, yeah. You kind of wonder, like, because they just get away. But, yeah, yeah. Um you kind of have to wonder, right? Like, he's been two facing about for half a year. Yep. Right. He has. This is a five minute long robbery. Batman doesn't. Do you think Batman's just kind of like dragging his feet on this one? No, I think Batman does badly want to apprehend him. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. see where I'm coming from on this, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And like he should have a pattern by now, right? <laughs> Right, I mean, not to get too far ahead of us, but Alfred says like, oh, you think you've discovered his patent, sir? Yeah, the bisected man keeps hitting up places with twos in the name. Or the address, or both. Right, the Gemini Club. Um, every Deuces Wild, Deuces... No, that, that's the casino that he took over. I mean, six of one, at least like, again, why doesn't just generally in Batman's overall... Does Bruce Wayne not, like, go to, like, the city council and be like, you need to pass a law that anything, like, named Janice Shipping um, or, you know, just shut that down. Uh, no place can have a two for 222 special, right? Just don't do it. Just don't.
0: Well, in this instance, he's also only going after businesses that are fronts for Rupert Thorne's criminal operation. Which he runs out of pretty quick, which makes sense. Right. I'm amazed that he had three. Yeah. So after this, we get a dream sequence mm-hmm. because Bruce Wayne is racked with guilt and he has this kind of uh, horrific guilt dream where he is trying to... Like, he's basically reliving... The tragedy of what happened to Harvey, uh, and then also reliving the tragedy of what happened to his parents. Because you got to throw that in. Ugh,
1: God, yes. You cannot let us forget. Hey, the Waynes are dead. Did you know the Waynes is dead? Um, Why couldn't you save us, Bruce? <laughs> you probably shouldn't lead with that, Dream Dad. Then you have somewhere to build to. Um, well, and for a, for like the first little bit of that scene, it's a little hard, like. Whose whose dream is this? Yeah, I definitely thought it was a Harvey dream until the perspective shifts. Right, for for me, it was when um, when Batman says, "I'm your friend," and it's like, "Oh, okay." So it must be because otherwise, like Harvey just knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. Which, granted, not not hard to figure out. Um, he knows them both, but fine. But yeah, uh,
0: also like the. the I want to call out the kind of design of the dreamscape. Oh my God. Yes. Which is very kind of Tim Burton almost, or like cabinet of Dr.
1: Caligari with like the buildings all leaning in. Yeah. Yeah, The German expressionism. Um, y'all, if you haven't seen cabinet of Dr. Caligari, just it's on YouTube. Like it's ancient. You can find it, uh, easily enough online. Just watch it. It is amazing. Uh, Great, great old art movie. And I think my favorite thing about it, other than it just being a generally cool uh, story, is they weren't, they didn't really know how to light for German Expressionism yet. Like it had mostly only been in paintings. So a lot of the shadows were just painted on the floor.
0: Yeah, like everything looks really wild in it. Yeah. The, it has the very first, I believe, twist ending. Yeah. In a horror movie. Uh, and, if you want to see where Tim Burton like got his entire aesthetic from, <laughs> stole his entire shtick. Just watch it. <laughs> yep. Uh so yeah, the dream sequence is good. Batman wakes up in the Batcave. Yeah. He is <laughs> turned out he passed out on the crime computer, which is completely littered with psychology papers. Yeah. He's like trying to study enough to give himself like a psychology degree so he can try to heal
1: uh Harvey Dennett.
0: Which speaks to like
1: which speaks to the sort of Batman thing in general of, of there are people who are trained to do this. They've made it their life's work to do this. But you know, uh, Alfred put on a pot of coffee. I think I can bang out this master's degree in a week. Uh, well, if anyone can do it, it's Batman. <laughs> that's true. Um, I like I like it also like I have to do all this research, otherwise how can I understand heart Master, Master Bruce, if you Venn diagram your behaviors, <laughs> and shut up if you say it's a circle, I'll fire you. <laughs> Alfred separates his hands just the barest bit. Fine, <laughs> but that sliver ma- matters. Okay, whatever you say, Master Bruce.
0: But yeah, I mean, Bruce Wayne is not reading up on psychology to stop the Joker, right? <laughs> no, he's not reading up on psychology to you know beat the Penguin. These are all, like, affected people, but be- like, to me, it showed how dedicated he was to Harvey. Like, the approach he takes to Two-Face is different than he takes against his other adversaries, right? Right. This is, for the entire episode, beginning to end, second one to second, you know, minute 30, he is trying to help Harvey. Yeah. Right? He's not trying to stop Two-Face or catch him. He's trying to help Harvey. Yeah. Which is just the opposite of how he approaches other criminals, where he's going to go and, like, punch their plant or whatever.
1: Right. <laughs> Some, like, the person who actually does their, like, doctoral thesis or whatever on the Joker, like, it is just, it's just the word shrug <laughs> on the page. But, yeah, and that's when, that's when we find out that Batman has sussed out the the pattern and is thinking he might know where, where Two-Face will maybe strike next. Right. Maybe. And, of course, he's right. Right. Um, it's the so world's greatest detective. That's right. Uh, with,
0: you know, people writing a script for him. Right. So we then get to see Two-Face in his lair with his two thugs, divvying up the money, and something is bothering Two-Face more than normal. Uh, because as he opens up his wallet to put money into it, he sees the picture of Grace that he keeps mm-hmm. and he kind of like ruminates over it while his thugs kind of look and they kind of look at each other awkwardly and then kind of like very helpfully and, and supportively, they're like, if you miss her that much, boss, like you gotta go see her like, we can we can pick her up for you
1: Yeah, and, and they do like it you're right. Like it's sort of a it's sort of a sweet moment. And what surprises me, right, is I'm used to, um, like, if the question is, like, if I'm a thug in Gotham City, do I work for Two Face or the Joker? And the answer is obviously Two Face. Right. Um. He is he is similarly brutal. Um. But you always like. You know that. Firstly, even if you just really drop the ball you have a 50 50 shot <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed you do um but he's always very like clear he's he's a good manager and then he he sets expectations yep right like the guy reaches for money before like two faces done divvying it up he's like hands off it punk <laughs> right uh uh-huh. um so i think like that amount of rapport like it makes sense why you know his um his little archie cosplayers are so ready to like help him out. Yeah. Also, depending on how
0: you count, I don't know if he's splitting it up with them each getting this share or if they're splitting the share, but we know that they knock uh, over Thorn for 200,000. Right. He divvies up 65,000. If 65,000 goes to each thug, Uh, that's 130. Right. And then 70 for Two-Face. Yeah. Like, that's a good split. That, you know, you're not wrong. Even if it's 65 for them to split, and the other guy takes two-thirds, you know, a third for each face.
1: (laughs) 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 I mean, that's the thing, right? I was, I'm I'm positive there. I couldn't, I couldn't point to one, but I'm positive there are times where he's, like, done, like, no, I get half, because each of my personalities gets a split. Yeah. Um... Because, I guess what, Harvey, goody 2 he's going to, like, pay for our car insurance, and I'm going to spend it all on hookers and blow on yeah. two-face out.
0: Obviously, it's just an excuse to take more, and who's going to argue with 2 <laughs> Right. So, anyway, uh, he doesn't decide to do it right then and there. He flips, and it comes up good side, so he says leave it. Yep. Uh, by the way, the coin is a two-headed coin with scars on one side. Yep. Um, but... He does then follow Batman's guess. Yep. He goes to steal Rupert Thorne's file. Yes. So he can release Rupert Thorne's file and do to him what he threatened to do back to him. Yep. Batman shows up to apprehend Two-Face. It turns into a fight between him, Two-Face, and his two thugs. Uh, They chase them through this office building, and then Two-Face kind of body checks Batman... Into or throws him, I forget which, into a, a wash car, um, you know, with a mop and stuff on it. And Batman dings his noggin yep. and gets knocked out for at least half an
1: hour. Yeah. Uh, by the way, do you remember the name of, of Rupert Thorne's lawyer? No. Doubleday. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, so Jesus wept. Um uh-huh. Yeah. So he doesn't he doesn't kill Batman when he has the chance. Right. Right. But and I I know this is silly, but the amount of detail on that like on the janitor's cart is so good. Yeah.
0: Like it really pops. Like so they're they're running around the corner and you see it before it moves. Yep. But you're like, that's gonna move. Yeah. Right. Because it pops out, but it doesn't move in that shot. Right. It. They only had it there to establish it for the next shot, yep. which makes me wonder if they went back and added it, because otherwise it comes out of
1: nowhere. Yeah, well, and, and like, where the mop actually goes, I know we're getting, like, way into detail with this, but I'm gonna pretend it's a Ghostbusters homage, so it makes sense, whatever. Um if it blows up in the slimer scene, stop. Um, but, like, where the, the mop bucket is, it, like, bevels out. Yes, I'm like, that's awful design! <laughs> I've seen this a few times, so my brain is freed up to look at these really important... Anyway, the janitor wakes Batman up and he's real nice about it
0: he does no one there but the two of us uh, he helps him up Batman has kind of a ringing headache he hasn't sh- quite shaken up the cobwebs also his left arm is mangled and kind of hanging mm-hmm. uh, is he like pinched pinched a nerve or, or
1: like maybe dislocated his shoulder yeah he broke some ribs like he he's gotten like this is one of the one of the handful of times in the series where like an injury stays from one scene to the next.
0: I'm asking myself, you know, why do we need that, right? And I think it's because in the climax scene, Mm -hmm. it needs to be about Two-Face and the thugs, and Batman can't just take
1: them out. Yeah, can't just win, right? Right. Um, Yeah, because otherwise, it's sort of like what happened with POV, right? It's like, if Renee hadn't been there... Like it's supposed to be her story, but everything could be resolved by Batman, right?
0: Like, is the, it becomes the same as any other Batman story, where at the at the end he earns the right to punch out the bad guy and lock them up, right? But I don't—he never strikes him. Like he never hits Two Face,
1: right? So yeah, and I think to a much lesser extent, right? Like it sets up that Two Face is a threat, uh, threat for Batman on multiple levels, right?
0: Interestingly, before that scene, he's about to leave. Alfred says, be careful. He says, I got to do what I can. He's my friend. Mm -hmm. And then Alfred says, that might make him even more dangerous. Yeah. Which turns out to be right. Yes. Because I think Batman is pulling his punches. He lets himself get thrown into that cart. Yeah. Um, But in the meantime, uh, Thorne is giving a $2 million bounty.
1: One for each face. Yep. he, He does hike it up from one. He doesn't decide to like just put in. I'm I'm imagining them like going to Kinko's and printing up like wanted Two Face, dead or alive, right? But um, dead and or alive. Dead, dead and or, or alive. alive. Uh, but I do appreciate him playing into the bit, mm-hmm. right? And not just doing like an asterisk next to one million, being like delivered as two five hundred thousand dollar payments.
0: No, so he, he hikes it up to two. That gets everybody excited, even Candice. Yep.
1: And they decide to. Who, who we only know to now is only excited by violence. Yes. Uh, chaos,
0: men uh, hurting each other in front of her. Yep. Um, so, but this two million, you know, also gets her heart pumping. So she decides to hit the streets. Yep. She does it in a very clever way. She dresses up as a detective. Mm-hmm. She dresses up one of Rupert's thugs as a cop. They show up at Grace's apartment and. Pretends to be looking for Two Face to help him, gives her a tracking device. She's sure that Two Face is gonna come back to the to Grace, uh, and says if he does, push this button and the police will be right there and we're gonna help Harvey.
1: Yeah, it's the easiest a beeper has ever functioned. Yep.
0: Uh, by the way, she looks terrible with her hair up and the detective. Uh,
1: Persona. I mean, look, she's coming off a thirteen-hour shift, okay.
0: <laughs> but then as soon as she gets in the car, she undoes the hair and like she's instantly back to her old self. Yeah, ravishing and yeah, yeah. Uh, and like even when she's a detective, she has the bright red lipstick, mm-hmm. like fire engine red, uh, like very identifiable. Uh, but this works. Two Face does decide to pick her up, uh, Grace. That is. Gets her to come to the Deuces Wild where he has cut it directly in half. Half of it is wrecked. The other half is pristine, lit. The other half is dark. Yeah. He stands in the dead center to drive it home so that his left half with the scars are in the dark and his right half that looks nice is on the right, even though he covers up his face. Uh,
1: he has a reunion with her. And it looks like he's wearing a hangman's hood. Half like, of a hangman's Yeah, hood. yeah. It is... It is a like it makes sense, but it's a bold choice. Like it's visually very striking. Yeah, especially because it's bright white,
0: which helps the checker effect with right. his right side, which is bright white. Um, so she is you know really kind to him. She mm-hmm. wants to help him. Um, she you know wants him back, trying to get him to seek help. He seems like he's even thinking about it. Yeah, but then. Rupert Thorne, and the others show up.
1: Yep. Uh, And, you know, Rupert lets Two-Face now, like, yep, Grace is how we found you. Don't get mad at her. She thought she was calling the police, which, you know, might have been helpful to him if they didn't just, like, if the cops didn't just shoot him, right? Right.
0: I mean... It was, to me, like, weirdly kind mm-hmm. that he even brought that up. If I'm him, I'm, tw- I'm twisting the knife. Yeah. Like, she sold you, she sold you out. All it took was a million dollars or, like, <laughs> 500, whatever. Uh, like, no, she, she did it for, for uh, we paid her rent. Yeah. Like, but no, like, he outs himself. Maybe he just needs him to know how smart
1: he is. I mean, and, like, Thorne is, is a relatively, like, classy dude. Um, and I appreciate that about him. I think he's—that's why, like, he's one of the um, gangster characters who hangs around in, in this series so long, who shows up in like the related comic books and stuff. Right. Is um, he does stuff like that, and that's very—it's very engaging.
0: Yep. Uh, but yeah, so Grace is kind of off the hook. That could have been a much more terrible moment with like a worse betrayal. Yeah. Uh, but. Anyway they, they've come to mop him up His thugs are already knocked out Or dead maybe mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say they're dead Let's just yeah it's...
1: Because they have like eyes bolt open And dead on their faces I like... don't remember ever seeing them again So yeah yeah. Buddy count Two team. Fitting
0: But luckily Batman shows up at the same time Helps Dent fight off The uh, Rupert Thorne's people two face even gets the upper hand Yep. um you know brings a chandelier down on rupert Thorne. he's about to finish the job uh but then he decides to flip a coin to decide mm-hmm. whether Thorne lives or dies yep but batman cleverly flips a box of the the checkoffs box of half dollars onto uh, or silver dollars whatever they are yeah onto the floor
1: and this completely paralyzes two face I wonder—okay, I, so they have George Washington on them, right? Yeah. Which, like, as a child, you've never—like, I'd never seen a silver dollar or a half dollar, right? So, like, for a U.S. coin, like, the only, like— It's a quarter. Right. Um, and, you, and I have to wonder, like, because what—JFK is on the 50-cent piece, right? Yeah. Do they want not to establish that this is a universe where JFK's been shot? Like, I wonder, are they just sidestepping that whole thing, or, like, I don't know, it's just, it's funny to me, right? Like, this is maybe a world that has not entered the 60s. But they're not half dollars, they're silver dollars. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which could be, who was on the silver dollar, like, Roosevelt? That sounds correct. I don't know, because they switched over to, like, the uh, the eagle dollar coins 15 years ago, right? Yeah. Well, any f- anyway, use plastic kids. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway, like the- I'm really glad to have ruined that that dramatic moment with minting minutiae. Uh-huh. You're you're welcome. That's good podcasting. Well, the coin
0: comes back again in a minute, so yeah. it's fine to keep talking about them. Uh, the like image of Two Face on the ground searching for the coin is like really pathetic too. Yeah he is desperate to get this coin back because it's how he makes all of his decisions right right and he can't function without it and like he's instantly no longer a threat and when the police show up you know they cough him and take him away and he doesn't really resist yeah
1: yep um and he's getting carted out and uh and yeah there's this really great bit of pathos where like commissioner gordon is is looking at at you know uh getting stuffed into the back of the squad car and he asks batman if there's any hope for him uh and and bruce says where there's love there's hope and it's like oh that's that's a very nice batman moment it is um and then he flips a a silver coin into this fountain says for you harvey and and we get the close-up on it and it is you know george washington right America's Greatest Hero. Also,
0: yeah. <laughs> you, you can see on the coin as it goes in, it is Two-Face's it coin. Is the it has, coin. It has the scars on one side,
1: um, which yeah. you
0: can miss if you blink. Yeah. So one other thing I want to get into before mm. we rank this is Two-Face gives a speech to Grace mm-hmm. about why, about his, uh, his philosophy on life Right. There and he is it's all chance yeah so i'm wondering like how like do we believe this philosophy on him like does it fit like is this the theme of two-face or is something different because to me like the
1: chance thing kind of comes out of nowhere Mm -hmm. um but what do you think um, right, because she's telling him to take control of his life. Right, mm-hmm. things don't just happen to you, Harvey. Was it, you know, was it just chance that you became a successful district attorney or or fell in love with with Grace? Um, so I think the thing about Dent, and this gets touched on in like Dark Knight, right, um, and Long Halloween, right, which you know Dark Knight drew from pretty extensively, is. Harvey is like such a good dude. Like, if there is hope for like the justice system in Gotham City to work, it is wrapped up in him. Um, and what's really amazing about that, right, is that that's what makes him the biggest target. Um, he's punished for being a good dude, right? So it's uh, so I think he comes at a point where he either has to believe that everything is, that we live in a chaotic universe. Or that we live in an ordered universe and that that order is horrifying. Uh-huh. Um, so I think he takes chance.
0: Yeah, I think I buy that. But I have a follow up question that's going to be in the interview. Okay. So stay tuned for that. Okay. So we did the body count, it's two. Yeah. Unless you want to say Thorne would have died from having a chandelier dropped on him, but it just
1: pins his arms. It him. was perfectly, he was perfectly in the center, sure, yeah.
0: whatever. So it's two. Um, so how do we rank Two-Face 1 and 2 in the grand scheme of the episodes we've seen so far?
1: I'm, I'm going to keep it below Pretty Poison. Um, I do like that, uh, that Pretty Poison is a bit, it's a bit zanier, right? Um, I mean... Not just, like, that really good bit with, like, the chocolate mousse recipe. Um, sorry, that was funny. No, no, no straightening. (laughs) Um, but, you know, a giant plant, all that stuff, love it. Um, and I think Pretty Poison is a better Batman story. Like, um, I don't, I don't think that it's true of this one. Like, you couldn't just take Batman out, right? Um, but it is a story where he is very much a supporting character and that's cool. I like that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to keep it with, with pretty poison. So for me, I respect
0: the boldness Mm. of sidelining Batman. Mm. And even though you're probably right, that pretty poison is a better Batman story. Um, because it's more about Batman solving, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I prefer Two-Face 1 and 2 to Pretty Poison because of how kind of mature and serious it is
1: uh, compared to Pretty Poison and other Batman stories. So basically, we're, we're split down, like, how awesome is a giant Venus flytrap?
0: Well... And we agree it's awesome. It is extremely awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, but... The just like the trust that the showrunners put in an audience of you know preteens mm-hmm. to be able to watch, especially part one. Yeah, right. Where there's not even Batman punching Two Face or Two Face punching anyone. Right. It's just this tragedy, right, unfolding to set up the next one, and like the stakes are all emotional, pretty much. Yep. Uh, and there's I don't think there's a joke in the entire episode. No like yeah. it's just this serious completely straight uh story about you know this DA who
1: uh, like gets his life
0: taken from him
1: yeah i mean this one is is so good they did release a novelization of these two episodes um titled Duel to the Death okay and, yeah. was it spelled duel do all and do I <laughs> uh, It was spelled like, like two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Does, but, I feel like I took the wind out of your sails on that one. But nobody dies in the episode. Does somebody die in the in the novelization? Not to my remembrance. It's been a long ass time since I've read it. But uh, but it's not like, it's not like he un-Two Faces either. So presumably he is Two Face until some point. Oh, until death. I guess. I, I didn't name it. I, I don't have to defend <laughs> this book to you. I think I get it now. Okay. But yeah,
0: I think this is number one um, mm. because it's like, it has the 44 minutes to play out. It, uh, t- like, it tells its story very well. It does a very good job of managing the audience's sympathy. Yeah. Uh, it has kind of like these unique Moments that other shows aren't doing, like having Bruce Wayne uh, have that dream sequence with the great uh, stylized backgrounds. Yeah,
1: I mean, and maybe, and that is part of it. Is I'm like, that Pretty Poison gets as much done in 22 minutes as it does. Yes right. That like, I, it's not. That's not to say that having twice as long is is cheating. As much as like, you know, recognizing the efficiency of of Poison Ivy's origin yeah Um,
0: the other thing I'll say is there's no moment in Pretty Poison that says like Jesus Christ as when (laughs) the electricity falls in the vat of chemicals and blows up Harvey Dent's face oh yeah absolutely like that's a jaw-dropping moment both in in terms of like what it means in the story and the animation yeah and like yes Pretty Poison does have really great filmmaking techniques especially in the first five minutes Mm -hmm. But there's no like jaw drop moment like there is in this one.
1: Yeah, the violence never feels as immediate.
0: Yeah. So yeah, split decision on this one appropriately. Uh, I, th- I think <laughs> I think it's okay for Brandon and I to have two
1: separate rankings. Uh, but it's number one for me. Cool. Yeah, I'll I'll stick with this since I, it is in theme. So rad. Cool.
0: Okay, so let's get into our interview. Yeah. So let's see. I already asked you in the Harvey Dent episode about when they were first introduced, so we know right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't need to follow up on that. Um, but, uh, and I also asked you, mm-hmm. what is the best film version of Harvey Dent? Yeah. And we got it. Yep. So now I'm going to ask, what is the best and worst version of Two Face?
1: Period so we kind of mentioned okay so period in general forever yeah um the best the best two-face is is the long halloween um i know i mentioned earlier that some of the the writing in that is a little ham-fisted um but the long halloween is so good it's so much fun um what makes this version of two-face so good it is set up very much so i mentioned earlier that like two-face is a character who sits very comfortably in like pulpy noiry batman and super villain batman um or like super shenanigans batman uh-huh. and that's a lot of what long Halloween is about right like it is done basically as a sort of like pop rocks version of batman year one right like it's a pretty direct sequel to it so while year one has like Batman, Catwoman, Carmine Falcone, right? This one has the Falcone's, uh, Harvey Dent, uh, Poison Ivy, right? Like pretty much a villain, a different villain gets trotted out for every major holiday. Sure. Um, of course the Halloween issue is fantastic and why, um, and like Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale had done several, uh, Batman Halloween specials in the years preceding this. Um, and when we get to it um like when you get into Long Halloween uh Dent uh is already married right they're trying to start a family um so like the emotional stakes for him are very immediate and real um and you see him like basically living what is essentially like a hard scrabble life um Sort of like Gordon's in year one, contrasted with you know Batman, who when Tim Sale draws him looks like such a blue blood aristocrat, right? Who lives in this palace and then puts on a leather suit to punch dudes, right? And I I always find that very compelling, right? That here he is, he's shifting from being like a DA to a supervillain in a setting where both those things feel. Um, like legitimate narrative, like forces. Right. We talked a little bit before about how awful Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's just doing a bad Jack Nicholson as the Joker impression. Uh huh. I feel like that's kind of all there is to it. I think we can rest our case. Yeah, I mean I will say that like Joel Schumacher's um, sensibilities for costuming him are fantastic, um, and. It is... He's not a good... He's not a good director. Joel Schumacher is not good at making movies even though he has made so many. Um, God, if he had just stayed in, like, production design, art department stuff. Um, All that said, they did do... There was a... um, I think... A Harlan Ellison scripted uh, Two-Face episode for Batman 66 Hmm. that didn't get made um, until... um, Relatively recently... Um, Say not fifty years ago, um, they made an animated version of it where he is voiced by William Shatner. Neat, yeah, yeah. I like Shatner. <laughs> uh, he's a, he's a bit of a a bit of a boomer, but this is what happens when people go on Twitter. as you find out, yeah. But yeah, overall, in in general, like I'm able to forgive Shatner of his
0: particular brand of boomerism that he does on Twitter. Like, there's a lot worse out there.
1: There is. But also, he was in uh, in the film's Free Enterprise, which is deeply shitty and offensive. Um, and uh, American Psycho Part 2, which is amazing. I forgot there was an American Psycho Part 2. It definitely went straight to DVD and stars Mila Kunis. I'll seek it out. You please do.
0: It's wild. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... In the main episode, we talked about chance. Yes. And Two Face seems to kind of hang his hat on chance as his, like, raison d'etre. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering to we, the readers, and to uh, people that want to use Two Face in comics and TV, mm-hmm. what does he thematically represent?
1: I. I think um, that—so I guess I will answer this in terms of, like, how he relates to Batman, right? Because I was thinking about it this morning, and how, like, in a lot of ways, he is much more Batman's opposite number than Joker is, Uh right? Even though it is generally positive that Joker is the ultimate (laughs) supervillain of, like, any superhero ever. Um, And I think it's because— it's not that... I mean, we know that by deciding to flip, right? By putting himself in situations where a decision has to get made, right? Like, Two-Face is designing his own experience in a lot of ways, right? Um, he just absolves himself of responsibility by flipping the coin, right? Whereas that's the opposite of what Batman does. We talked about it with uh, with those white papers he was reading, right? Like, all he does is take responsibility. He won't let other people... He hogs responsibility. Right. Um, and to that end, like Batman is arbitrary. That's why it matters that he isn't part of legitimate law enforcement, right? Is then he would be bound by policy, not you know, for good and ill his feelings, right? Like you said, he pulls his punches with Two Face um, because he he's not a cop. He doesn't he doesn't have to bring him in if he doesn't want to, right? He's not gonna kill him, right? Um, so
0: yeah, I mean. This is kind of like jutting out from the interview, but mm-hmm. if he had just caught him earlier, mm-hmm. what do you think he would have done with him? Do you think he would have brought him into uh, into the police? Do you think he would have like taken him back to the Batcave and tried to like rehabilitate him himself?
1: Maybe it seems like something he would do. That is a thing that has happened. Yeah. Um, in fact, like after the um, so after the. Fifty-two big event in DC Comics. Um, Batman comes back from that, and he's like, "Okay, I have to like leave Gotham for a bit. I have to do some training. It's been it's been a rough year for me. Superman and Wonder Woman." Um, and uh, he basically trains up Harvey to be Batman for a year. Um, Interesting. It goes. Uh, it goes better than you think, but of course it. Like, they have to put out another book next month, right? So it all spirals apart. Of course. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think that, like, I mean, when you look at, like, even Killing Joke, Batman says to Joker, like, I can help you get better. Right? Um, Charlie agrees. Podcat. Um, right? Whereas in Dark Returns, right, uh... Two-Face shows up, and he asks, like, he asks Batman, what do you see when you look at me? And he says a reflection, because subtlety is for losers. Sure. Well, right.
0: I feel like Batman, uh, doesn't play in subtlety all that often.
1: No, and especially, like, Frank Miller, like, Dark Knight Returns was at, like, it had the exact right amount of cocaine behind it.
0: I think kind of a pattern that's coming up in these explorations of Batman's rose gallery mm-hmm. is that all the best ones really highlight a side of Batman and, like, bring that into relief, right? Yeah. Um, we talked about Poison Ivy and Batman's Arrested Development, mm-hmm. his childlike way of approaching things. Yep. Uh, we Did we talk
1: about the Joker's relationship to Batman when we talked about the Joker? I mean, not... I don't think a lot because really these episodes haven't gotten into that.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really come up too much. Um, maybe we'll talk about it another time. I think Joker deserves a second interview just about Joker's relationship to Batman.
1: Oh yeah, pretty easily. Um, right, but like uh, they are both they are both lawlessness, right? They're both anarchy. Um, but Batman's is about disciplined control. And Joker's anarchy is about chaos, right?
0: Where you have Two Face, mm-hmm. which kind of shows how, especially in this origin, the uh, early childhood scars uh, influence the actions of the later person. Mm-hmm. How they both are trying to deal with guilt uh, about you know their own actions, unfairly blaming. Uh, Themselves. themselves, yeah, yeah, for things that are really not a responsibility
1: at all, right? And this kind of eventually manifesting in these dark personas, yeah. Unless Harvey did punch that kid so hard his appendix burst. Well, it would tie into the Houdini episode too. There you go. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think like that's why it's such a good idea for them just to update Victorian monsters, right? Because those had already been in the zeitgeist for you know 80 years by the time like a lot of these characters really solidified in the 60s um i mean even before that right they were like the entire western world was invested in these characters and then thought about them a lot and they were already open to interpretation so you can have you know a plant monster you can have jekyll and hyde you can have you know um the man who laughs right and that sort of thing
0: yeah So we talk a lot about how these characters kind of thematically relate to Batman, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. This is a Batman podcast. I'm kind of wondering, like, if the uh, content here Mm -hmm. has anything to say about kind of like the greater world, right? Like, is this art reflecting life in some way? And I can see it coming up in possibly a couple ways. Mm -hmm. One is in the philosophy that Two-Face actually espouses when he talks about chance, Right, he's basically a nihilist. Mm. Um, the other thing that I see, and hopefully this doesn't say more about me than it does about Two Face, <laughs> uh, is that like there's two people inside of everyone, right? Right. There's like your public person, and then there's your deep down person, mm-hmm. or you know some part of yourself that you don't show to everybody. Right. And Two Face is kind of a masterclass in what happens when those two things uh like collide
1: yeah so i think just incidentally um i do want to notice about like trying to bring order to the world through like objects right um or or ritual right um in grant morrison and dave mckean's um arkham asylum a serious house on serious earth uh they explain that like they have given Harvey um, a tarot deck because of course it's Grant Morrison um, to make decisions with. Like he had started with the coin, they moved him up to a die, um, huh. and like eventually we're going to give him a copy of the I Ching um, <laughs> because again of course it's Grant Grant Morrison, um, right? So at least complicating his chaos, right? And can you imagine trying to come up with food? like here i made a decision, I need to come up with. 52 different options to justify using this deck of cards. Just use it as a coin. Yeah, exactly. Black or red. <laughs> I'm leaning toward this one side, so I'll make that side number cards, face cards. Um, I think it does actually speak to like the US justice system, right? Like, I think it speaks to our legal system and how humans um, have created it, continue to inhabit it, and treat it like a sort of separate thing like i absolutely agree like there is something you know deeply union happening right um i think that there's a sort of like i don't know aristotelian sensibility we have that like one of maybe it's more platonic i don't care um right there's one of us is one of these like two parts of us is the real part right and it's young who says like well no like they're both the real part and the sooner you realize that the sooner you can get over your shit uh-huh. um and i think it's it's interesting right that so often when we say like we default as the worst version of us is the real version uh-huh. because that makes us seem i don't know deeper or more interesting um it's just the opposite of what's true it just makes us very tedious um And writing poetry in high school. So, so there's that. Um, But I think a lot of the time, right, like, we like to think of ourselves as people who have principles. And that's not true, right? Like, I think we do what we think is best in each situation. Right. Yeah. But everyone's principles, eventually, you
0: know, the rubber hits the road. And there's a point which for most people is never really tested right Uh, like do they stand up against the you know most extreme
1: circumstances and and that's the thing is like I think Two-Face much in a way sort of like you know the law he has no he has no values right he has principles he has policy right whereas besides like don't kill people which even Batman will suspend every once in a very great while um granted when you shoot a death god, does that count? I don't know. Um so using a gun, see that's as big too. Um right, like he has no principles or policy. He dresses as a bat for Christ's sakes. Right. Um, but he has things he very deeply values. Uh-huh. Right. And I think those those speak to how a lot of us move through the world. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's very good and deep for our, for our superhero cartoon. That's why people because tune in to us. That's yeah, <laughs> because we are because if we were superstitious or cowardly, we wouldn't be able to share this with right. you.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's it for me. I have no more questions. Uh, hopefully, you liked what you heard, and you'll tune in to us. Same battering time, same battering channel.
1: I had nowhere else to shoehorn this in, so I just want to tell you that. Golden Age Harvey Dent also had a butler named Wilkins. Good night, everyone. Yeah, that's a good...